episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Mike Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, I am fired up, Shane. We got some exciting stuff coming down. With uh, news, podcast, business news, we'll we'll reveal that at a later date, but very soon, we got seven, Shane, count them, seven SEC games upcoming. I'm just excited as I've ever been, probably. Yeah, uh, it's it's October, baby. There better not be any weddings planned this Saturday, because we're going to be busy. We got college football. Is the Yankees done? (laughs) Because they're done. They're dead to me right now. This is college football. we got seven fantastic ball games. I am looking forward to it, brother. Yeah, like you said, the weather's great. The chili's, you know, in the slow cooker. We got a case of beer in the fridge. I mean, this this is literally the, the best time of the year, and I'm ready mm-hmm. to talk some SEC football. How about you? Absolutely, brother. Let's do it. <laughs> well, all right, let's start with, hey, this is the game Shane CBS thought would be the game of the week, but maybe not necessarily the case. Texas A&M at Alabama. Let's focus on Alabama, first of all, Shane. Bryce Mm -hmm. Young, of course, got banged up in in the win over Arkansas. Don't know if he's going to be able to play. But let me ask you this, Shane, because what what we saw of Jalen Milrow, you know, it's been been brief, but he looks like a a very promising prospect. He's obviously Mm -hmm. an elite runner. Not yet proven that he can win a game throwing the ball, but do you think they'll even need to against Texas A&M? What's your thoughts on that? Um, yes, I think they will need to. Uh, one thing, you know, Texas A&M's not had a lot of good things going for them right now, yeah. but one thing they have is that defensive side of the ball. So I, I'm fully expecting them – I'm expecting them to force him to throw the ball. I'm expecting him to load up the box – and dare them to win with his arms. And that I think if you're going into this matchup, that's what you got to do if you're Jimbo, right? Yeah, I mean, you have to because, again, he's not proven anything. And yeah. who knows? I mean, maybe he's got three turnovers in him, and, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what you need. Again, maybe I'm being deceived because I was kind of rooting for it, but I really thought Arkansas was going to win that game last week, Shane, when, mm-hmm. when Milrow had to go in. Not that he's a bad player, but – Obviously, he's not the Heisman Trophy winner. There's only one Bryce Young, and right. Arkansas was scoring. They had that momentum, but again, we got to credit Jalen Milrow for making the big play. Play of the game, Sam Pittman and Nick Saban mm-hmm. both said it after the game. That was the play of the game, his big run. So he certainly, you know, Jalen Hurts is the comparison you get, I think, for obvious reasons because they both suited up for Alabama. But if they get anything close to Jalen Hurts, they're gonna be just fine with old Jalen Milrow back there, you know what? <laughs> I, I think so too. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I'm not worried about Alabama in this game. Um, and, and I don't know if there's any Texas A&M fans listening now that you've been on Paul Feinbaum, Mike. But uh, I, I, I think the fact of the matter is, you know, Jimbo 
I mean, he's on the hottest of hot seats. And, and I know we've got the $80 million buyout, but there's, they're going to find ways. If they don't want you at the end of the season, they're going to find ways. And I think that's that's got to register down there. And he, in, 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 his, in his mind, he's going to have to do something different. He's going to have to get creative. Uh, you know, how do you shut the nation up? You beat Nick Saban in the Crimson Tide. That's what you do. This is something they were able to do last year. So, you know, I – you know, there's there's a lot of question marks coming out of College Station, but for me, Mike, personally, the, the biggest news is the fact that Alabama is down the starting Heisman quarterback. We got a quarterback back there, you know, that, that was a plug-and-play and did – did great, you know, but again, this is something that Alabama or Arkansas really scripted for. Uh, Texas A&M has. They know he's mobile. They know they, they're going to establish, try to establish a run. If you take that away from them, you know, they're going to have to think outside the box. They are going to have to pass. So um, I, I think this is the perfect storm for Jimbo. Honestly, if I was going to play Alabama, this is exactly how I would have dialed it up. Get enough tape on the guy we're going against, but you know, you're still going against the backup quarterback here. Yeah, and if you recall, Shane, I mean, it was damn near identical last season. Alabama was playing Ole Miss, undefeated Ole Miss. Remember, Ole Miss was flying high, and that was my annual, I'm picking Alabama to to be upset in a game, and they just trashed Matt Corral and Lane Kiffin. Mm-hmm. They forgot to plug in the popcorn. Then they roll into this A&M game. A&M had lost to Arkansas. We're saying, what the hell is wrong with A&M? This, you know, Jimbo, is is he the guy? And then he turns right around. And, and we can't forget Jimbo, you remember that offseason, said, we're going to whoop his ass. And everybody yeah. was like, whoa, whoa, you can't be saying this about Nick Saban. Well, he backed it up. Everybody was saying, oh, Nick's going to make him pay. He's got Bryce mm-hmm. Young. He's got Will Anderson. Well, it didn't matter, brother. And I know that game was in College Station, but that was the best game A&M played all season. Everybody's calling him out. Hell, like you said, I'm on fine bomb national television calling out their coach. <laughs> what are the odds, Shane? They, they got nothing to lose in this game. Everybody's going to be counting, counting them out. Maybe they come up with more up-tempo, fast pace, because that seemed to to click something in a couple of their games. And, and mm-hmm. maybe they just play carefree. They don't turn the ball over. And, again, they got that psychology, Shane. They have beaten Alabama nine yeah. times out of ten when Alabama takes a field. It's against someone they've beaten 14, out of, 14 in a row, 15 uh-huh. in a row, or nine out of ten, or whatever the heck it is. But this team right here, I know it's different teams, but – a lot of those players have taken a field with Alabama, and they've come away with a win. Does that help the Aggies at all, you think? I, I think so, Mike. I mean, it, it's scripted perfectly, like I said. You know, that's when I think of teams like Arkansas and Texas A&M right now, yeah. they're just out there to ruin seasons. You know, I mean, they're not making, they're not going to go to the SEC championship. They're not going to win a national championship, you know, unless a lot of things go, go your way. But you can really disrupt – the entire SEC week in week out, you know, I, I think you that kind of loosens you up, you know, play play, t- be a little bit more aggressive, you know, you're going to see more fourth down calls, you're going to see a little more dialed up blitzes, and and uh, you know, I, I just think that's what where we're at right now, and that freedom, you know, sometimes it bites you, but sometimes, man, you could you could, it pays dividends. So I think if you're if you're like I said, if you're 
Jimbo, you're the Texas A&M. You need something. You need a lightning strike. You need to get this fan base back behind you. And like I said, this is it. This is the SEC championship. This is their national championship. They win this game. People stop talking about firing Jimbo because you beat Nick Saban two years in a row. Mm. Now, uh, let's kick it over to Nick Saban real quick, Shane. I got a question for you on the other side. It's one thing to know you're one snap away from entering the game as a starting quarterback, but what, how do you think that Jalen uh, handled that transition from going to, from the bench to the game? Well, you know, we try to put him in other games so he get an opportunity to play. So it's not the first time he ever goes in a game. Uh, but, I, you know, hopefully that's what you try to do is prepare guys so when they get an opportunity, you know, they're ready to play. Uh, that's why you try to get guys – really good game experience so if they have to play they feel more comfortable going into the game um but you you you'll have to ask him how he felt I, I i can't answer that question i just know as a coach what we try to do to prepare him so that they feel like at least psychologically they're in the right place to go out there and read things and make the right choices and decisions it's why we practice it's why we give guys experience and we've been fortunate that you know Jalen got a pretty good bit of experience you know in these first few games yes coach i was wondering uh it seems like all good teams at some point in the season have a really tough game uh and even if you win it it's did you get something out of that an intangible later on or is uh is there any record of that i guess that you would say you do or don't well i i would say that you know we've only had what two teams around here in 15 years that um have gone undefeated. That didn't mean that the teams that lost a game uh, necessarily didn't have, in some cases, the same amount of success as the other. All right, the question is, is do you need to lose a game to learn? Do you need to lose a game to get it right? Do you need to lose a game to say it's important to practice the right way, do things the right way, take care of myself the right way? Um, you know, the middle of the season is not the time to think about getting rest. You know, you rest at the end of the season, all right? You, the season is a grind. Um, practice is a grind. Preparation is a grind mentally and physically on players. But you got to make a choice. Are you going to grind through that and continue? Or do you? can you learn from the lessons when you win as well as when you lose? Or do you have to lose to learn the lessons? And I think that's a dynamic that, um, every team has to prove that they can continue to do these things over the course of the season. And obviously, if we talk about just you touched today on headlines, I want to know when you have those moments, and obviously this happened in the offseason, but when you have those moments when there's all this criticism and outside noise, how have you learned to handle that when this noise has gotten so loud? And how do you help your players navigate those distractions as it only becomes worse? Well, obviously, you know, at times we haven't handled it very well. Because, you know, I was talking about rat poison last year when we played this game. Nobody would listen. Players wouldn't listen. Y'all didn't listen. Um, they had lost the week before. We were big favorites. It was like no big deal to show up for this game, go play the next game. And um, I don't get affected by it because I don't listen to you all. I really don't have any interest in what anybody thinks about any of this stuff. I do have an interest in how it affects and impacts the players on our team. Uh, and I think it does. And I think they have to show maturity and how they manage it and know that external opinion, external noise, 
whatever you want to call it, rat poison, whatever it is, absolutely has nothing to do with the outcome of the game. Just like fans have nothing to do with the outcome of the game. They don't block. They don't tackle. They don't catch passes. They don't make sacks. All they do is make noise. And if you want to take them out of the game, just play well, execute, and then they won't be there. They'll leave. So these are external factors that cannot affect how you think as a competitor in terms of respecting winning, respecting what you have to do to win, and how important it is. Knowing that we're going to get the other team's best game because they can all get well beating us. So that's how I try to handle it. Does anybody listen? Sometimes, sometimes not. Nick Saban ain't happy. Ain't happy. <laughs> yeah, so after hearing that, Shade, oh, boy. I mean, I, the way I put it is A&M better be locked in because it sure as hell seems like Nick Saban is going to have his team locked in in this ball game, don't you think? Well, I, I think – for all the positive things we said about about Jimbo winning last year, you could easily turn it as a negative because right. Nick Saban can turn on that tape and say, hey, this is exactly what happened last season. We, we overlooked these guys. We're going to get beat. We don't want to get beat, you know. So I, I think there's this is the – and Nick Saban, you know, he's been kind of pleasant in, in his meetings, but – not this week, brother. And I don't know if that's because Bryce is hurt or he's going against Jimbo and he hates his guts. You know, he's not on his basketball team anymore and, you know, shit like that. I just – this game is personal to Nick Saban, and I think part of that is why it's bleeding out into the media here. But have we got an update on Bryce? What uh, You mentioned the other day I was listening. Uh -huh. you, you talked about there's five different sprains, and then you never followed up with which one he had. So I kept thinking to myself – well, which, which sprain does he have? What are we looking? I know we're day-to-day -day is what they're saying, but, right. uh, you know, you've got you've got some medical knowledge there, Mike. I'm just curious, uh, how, how long before Bryce is back in pads? That is the the unknown, Shane. They're not revealing the, the grade of that sprain. So, you know, it could be on the very low scale. It could be on the very high scale. And if it's on the high, then he's going to be out a little while. You know what I mean? But okay. if it's on the lower, like Saban's saying, Day-to-day, -day, he's dealt with this before. It, sh it sure as hell looked like uh, he was out. I know they put the helmet on him, but it didn't look mm -hmm. like he could go back on the field against Arkansas. Maybe that was just precautionary. But, again, do you even need him? I, you know, I hate to, it's, uh, yeah. it, I hate to insult A&M or anything, but do you need him more here to win against A&M at home who's struggling to put, you know, 20 points on the board, or do you want rest him? For Tennessee on the road where you're going to have to score, you have to imagine 30, 35, maybe even 40 points to beat yeah. the Vols. I mean, it it certainly seems like this is a game that, that you rest Bryce Young if possible. Oh, my God. Can you – I mean, think about what you just said. I mean, if you would have told me that 10 weeks ago, I called you an idiot, Mike. <laughs> this, we're going to rest him during Texas A&M so we can use him <laughs> – against Tennessee. Just listen to that. <laughs> Golly, it's the 90s again, baby. I love it. Now, last thing on this game, Shane, let's kick it over to Jimbo real quick where uh, I don't know, you know, maybe he's just keeping things close to the vest, but uh, I'm not a big fan of uh, some of these comments he had here. Hey, why, why has it been so hard offensively for them to relax? Do, 
do they look comfortable in practice and it doesn't show mm-hmm. in games or I don't think they're not relaxed. You just gotta relax. You guys, sometimes you want to try when you're young and you got young guys in critical positions that sometimes they they just want to try too hard. I don't know. I mean, we talk to them every day, put them, give them confidence. They do it in practice every day and just gotta relax and play. Yeah, Jimbo, um, what is it that uh, makes you so optimistic that the uh, execution is coming and, and not Because I know the guys in practice. I see them practicing. I see them do it. I see them just got to eventually just got to take it to the field. Been in the business long enough to watch you have young players and, and had teams that done this before, and you just got to keep coaching them. Because I know their the ability is there. Their want to is there, their habits, their work habits, all the things. They're tremendous kids, and we have to do a good job of coaching and put it there. And I just my time being in here and knowledge of doing it and done it for many years, and believe in our, and I believe in our players one hundred percent. And well, do you still believe one hundred percent in uh, DJ and his defensive scheme? Sure do. All right, Shade. So again, maybe you know. Who knows? Maybe the Aggies bust out like the Wildcat package with Devon Archain and, and they do something crazy this week. And, and of course, he's not going to reveal that in a setting like this. But, man, if I'm struggling it, like they are, I'm, I'm out here saying, man, we got to rework. We got to blow this up. We got to do this. We got to do that. And and we'll get it done. But it, instead, it seems like he's it's, it seems like he thinks he's a. I'm not I'm, tr- I'm, or, I'm not trying to pile on him here, but it, I know it just seems like he's. Saying, well, it ain't my fault. You know, it's they got well, to do that's, better. <laughs> that's exactly what I said. I was, I, you know, at this moment in the season, it's like, can you not plead the fifth? Can you not, you know, just be like Marshawn? I'm just here so I don't get fined. You know, <laughs> just just ask those or I. It just this this type of answering is infuriating if yeah. you're an Aggie fan. You know, you don't you. I want accountability. My team is not doing as well as I as it should. We should be undefeated right now. That's what the Aggies think, and I need answers. And coming out here and saying, well, practice went well, who gives a shit about practice? I want to know what happened during the game. Where did we mess up? Where Where do we go from here? Give me some positive – uh, some positive insight and that that everything's going to be okay. I'm not getting that from Jimbo, and I know that's not the point of these, these damn rally calls, but – but come on, man, you need it. Yeah, this this fan base needs it, and so maybe they put just bring it to the field. But uh, until then, I, this is just garbage talk to me. Yeah. All right, Shadum. What should be the game of the week in the SEC? Tennessee undefeated. Oh, baby, you love when I say undefeated. So I'm gonna keep saying yeah. it. Them undefeated balls on the road at LSU. And Shadum, we re rewatched. Auburn LSU this morning, man, what a mm-hmm. game that was. But I'm hearing a lot from Tennessee fans, Shane. Well, my God, they let this Auburn quarterback throw all over them. They nearly lost to a to a terrible West team. But it's difficult to win on the road in the SEC, particularly at night. I'm not, you know, trying to excuse that, but they did get the win. They were down 17 nothing. They came back, stormed back, yeah. scored 21 consecutive. But I think that's a credit, Shane, to Brian Kelly and his coaching staff, Jaden Daniels. The, you know, he may be the most. I'm not saying he's the best player. I'm not saying he's like a Heisman guy or anything. But yeah, he, he may be the most valuable player right now in the SEC to his team. Because I don't know where LSU would be without him. But as Brian Kelly, we'll get to his comments here in a second. Says we can't have five passing yards that's not going to cut it against the teams that we got on his schedule and he's looking right at Tennessee this they have got to be able to to manufacture some offense 
So I guess my question to you, Shane, is is how dangerous do you consider this LSU team, which is not even playing that well? They're they're playing mm-hmm. really well in second halves. They're not they're they've not even put together a full complete game, Shane. Yet they're sitting here undefeated in the SEC, four and one. And if they play like they do in the fourth quarter for an entire game, hell, they could they could probably beat everybody on their schedule. Yeah. No, I mean, what 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 rank is LSU now? I think they're like 23, 24, something like that. I mean, how how do you uh, – 25, actually. Top 25, though, Mike. You yeah. know, how do you <laughs> overlook the LSU Tigers right now? I think the best thing that could have happened for Tennessee is the LSU to win these games mm-hmm. because a sneak, LSU's been – you know, they've been – good every game i mean not great not fun to watch but they find ways to get the victory in fact they really found a way even in florida state week one they should have won that game uh you know but stupid mistakes but they're they're cleaning those up along the way and and i think that is very good for programs because lsu was a sneaky trap game for a lot of programs uh tennessee included this is it's a noon game we're gonna go down there you know we're saying the same old thing i only threw five yards what you know i mean they're not gonna be able we did the same thing with florida we did the same thing with Pitt. yeah we 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 make them little smaller than they are but then next thing you know we're we're in the throes of things (laughs) right and so i think after a couple of those you you can't overlook anybody especially in the secs sec west in particular so this is a monumental game and uh it's that rat poison and and it you know i'm not in the locker room i'm not i'm not you know hanging out with the guys and you know shitting on lsu right now but if that's what's going on up there then be careful buddy there's a reason that vegas does not have this a three score you know outlook that should be your that should be your telltale sign that this is going to be a hell of a matchup right and and lsu they got that Ground game going. That's yeah. You know, Florida had success on Tennessee. LSU's got a hell of a lot better receivers than LSU. Excuse me, than than Florida right now. We just and, saw what Florida did to Tennessee and, and the defensive linemen, Mike. They, I mean, absolutely. there's a real shot they live in the backfield of Tennessee. So mm-hmm. you know, those we don't have time for those routes to get open. So that's another thing to worry about. Right, and now LSU maybe you're not quite suited to take advantage of Tennessee secondary mm-hmm. because of the the lack of a downfield passing game but Jane Daniels Shane very similar to Hendon Hooker he's not turning the ball over no interceptions this entire season now maybe he's being a little too careful with the football I you'd certainly rather your quarterback be careful than than aggressive and turning the ball over but this is a game where again it may turn into a shootout and they're going to have to put up some points i really do think cuz you're not going to you're not going to hold tennessee under 20 points is it seems right. very unrealistic you know what yeah but that's that's the game plan mike it, it's it's ground and pound run the clock try to hold the possession as long as possible uh make tennessee force them to three and outs uh those there's i mean that's the script for beating tennessee it's but it's easier said than done because if tennessee does have two or three great possessions like they've had all year long and you're down three scores this isn't a program that can just bounce back and rally and then and tie it up mm-hmm. so uh that's that's if I'm LSU, my biggest fear is getting behind. But if they can stay ahead of the chains and keep keep possession of the ball, then that's that's the formula for beating the Volunteers. I don't think many people before the season would have believed through five games, Kayshawn would have no touchdowns and fewer than 100 yards receiving. 
Why has he struggled to get going? Yeah, I mean, I think that's – look, I mean, part of this is building trust with a new quarterback. Um, you know, obviously we're trying to get him the football. Um, he's getting a lot of double coverage. Um, you know, we're still winning. He's happy that we're winning. Look, all those guys that make decisions about who the best receivers are in the country um, are still going to look at Kayshawn and go, that's a really, really good wide receiver. Um, numbers are numbers. Um, at the end of the day, uh, he's going to continue to play this game at the next level, and the numbers won't dictate where he gets drafted. Uh, it's his ability to continue to play the game at the highest of levels. And when you turn on the film and he's running full speed and he's beating guys and the ball didn't come to him for some whatever reason, that's out of his control. So what Kayshawn continues to do better each and every week is he controls what he can control. And he does that in practice now and he does that in games. Um, he was happy we won the football game. Um, would he like the ball more? Absolutely. Would I like to get it to him more? Absolutely. Um, but he's handled himself. Uh, he's handled himself in the right way, uh, and he continues to work for the team. Ryan, sort of building off the passing game, I guess discussion. There hasn't been much of a downfield th vertical threat, I guess, this year. Is there a solution that you have in mind for that, or are you going to kind of have to live with like the quick passing game and just trying to make that more effective than it was against Auburn? We've had. I mean. If, I could give you a, a video clip of all the, you know, the, the throws downfield. We've had a number of deep ball throws. They weren't this week. Uh, last week uh, against New Mexico, that was uh, a cover eight. That, that was short passing game, catch it, run after the catch, threw for over 300 yards. Uh, this past weekend was not good enough. Um, that's not going to get you a sustainable um, – uh, offense uh, that can win games at the highest level uh, in the SEC. Uh, but that's coaching uh, and that's playing. And what I mean by coaching and playing is um, we, we have to prepare better. Our fundamentals have to be better. Um, we have to look at, at the passing game. Are we doing too much? Uh, are we um, doing the things that, that highlight our players? And then in turn, our players have to look at themselves and, and are they preparing the right way? Um, and, and is there attention to the details necessary? So this is an all of us together that we need to get better and the recognition and the awareness that 85 yards is not going to get it done. But it's a new week. And uh, the one thing that doesn't carry over very well uh, in college football uh, is the last week. Um, so we expect to to be much better. How is Daniels physically? And two, after five games, are you where you thought you would kind of be as a team? Um, Daniels is fine. He had a, a bursa sack, which is I don't know the exact um, you know medical um, deal with that. I, I wish I could be a little bit more precise and articulate, but. Um, it's, it's much more, it's not structural at all, uh, but it's painful. And, and so he was in pain. And, and so, um, you know, he just felt like he, he was hurting the team being out there. But 
he felt good yesterday. The exam was clean. Um, we did an MRI just to make sure, and that came back clean. So um, he's now in a pretty good position where he feels like he, he's 100%. Um, you know, I, I never really looked at it relative to, to the wins and losses piece. What I'm, I've looked at is, you know, w will we continue to get better each and every week as we go through the season? And can we develop an identity as a football team? And I, and I think that early on we've been able to identify that this football team will fight. Um, it's got grit. Uh, and those are – those are traits that sometimes don't ever show themselves during the season. So, yeah, I think we're ahead of it because to go on the road and be down 17 nothing and come back and win, um, that, that means that your, your program is establishing character within the ranks. And, and that, to me, you know, puts you on the right path. Now, on the Tennessee side, Shay, let me ask you this. Obviously, just beat the Florida Gators. That's not something Tennessee is, is very used to. That's you know, It's a different story. Josh Heupel and Hendon Hooker in this program. But maybe it's more the fans than anything. But uh -huh. you get that two weeks to kind of savor it. Now you're locked into this LSU game. Do you yeah. think there'll be any kind of hangover to – I don't want to call it they just won the Super Bowl, but they won like a monumental victory – they got the yeah. smoky grays are breaking them out. So, I mean, this is a big yeah. deal to Tennessee, too. But uh, any worry that, uh, hey, we're top 10, there's a target on our back? When's the last time you could say there's been a target on Tennessee's back, you know? <laughs> uh, any worry that, uh, you know, that uh, maybe they're not ready to handle all this success? No, not really, Mike. And, and I think I would have been a little I, – I could have bought into that narrative last week, but the fact we had a bye week. Yeah. You know, not not a lot of people are talking about the Tennessee-Florida game anymore. I'm sure there's a few of us, you know. I mean, we like our digs, you know. That's for the volunteers. We're all assholes online, you know. But I, I think right now, them rolling out the smoky grays and stuff, that tells me that they're, they're you know, they're orchestrating – ammunition you know get the kids fired up about something you know mm -hmm. so that's usually when you see these changes of the jerseys it's not for the fans it's for that locker room so uh no they're gonna be fired up they're gonna be they're gonna be ready to wear that gray and and go out and get a victory but but yeah they're not so much the hangover i just think the bye week was big for tennessee and not, not to mention injuries, Mike. I mean, this right. was a this was a banged up Tennessee Volunteer team, and, and uh, you know Brian talked about earlier in the week. There's a difference between hurt and uh, and what do you say, hurt and uh, injured. Injured. Or, yeah. So I, I think there was a lot of hurt volunteers playing the last couple of weeks. So this gave them time to kind of kind of you know work on those ailments. Yeah, I know you're a fan of the movie The Program. Shane sounds like Brian <laughs> Kelly is too. I think that's a line from that one. But I, one other thing I wanted to ask you real quick, Shane, Hendon Hooker, is there another quarterback in the country that you want on the road? This is probably going to be a very tight ball game, but you're always going to have the advantage with that guy in the backfield, you know, short of maybe even – You'd rather want him than Bryce Young right now because Bryce is a little banged up. So, you know, maybe that's not fair to include him in that. But, I mean, Tennessee's got that ace in their in their pocket. Do you 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 got to feel uber confident with Hendon Hooker there? Yeah, and that's a loaded question, Mike. Can get me in trouble here. So let me let me <laughs> let me let me dance around this here for a second. 
for starters, the SEC, I'm extremely biased. I do not watch other conferences unless they're playing one right. of our SEC teams. So, so I, I hear the Stroud guys. I know we've got a couple of OU followers. They're going to come up with their – you know, forget it. I'm just talking exclusively SEC. Now, Bryce, I think right now is playing better than anybody in the country other than the, the injury, obviously. But if he were healthy, yeah. that would obviously be the quarterback you'd want under center. But other than that, Mike, there are some great quarterbacks. Nothing against Kentucky, nothing against – you know, I can hear them now. They're typing, Mike. You got me in this little rap. No. <laughs> but for what Tennessee does, the way – the style of offense that they play, that's why I think that that Hooker is the best option for Tennessee Volunteers. I would not choose if, – if if we were picking teams and I knew Hopple's offense and I knew the wide receiver – I knew exactly how we were going to play out and I had to pick a quarterback out of the 14 quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. If Bryce was healthy, I'd take him. But if not, I'm taking Hooker. And I, I think it's been said to death, Shane, but I just want to get your thoughts on it and, and I'll share mine, that getting this game early – Massive, massive advantage for Tennessee. I've been down to Baton Rouge for a night game. It was very similar situation of this. It was Hugh Freeze, undefeated, Ole Miss. This, it was an LSU team. I think already had a loss on the season, but they, I believe they were ranked as well. But mm -hmm. it is like a freaking music festival down there in Baton Rouge when they got one of these night games. I mean, it is a party for yeah. miles in every direction. And that really does help create a, a scene. And that I'm not saying that LSU is, a, is not on Tennessee's level, but if that is the case, that crowd could be the difference in making that up. Um, how big of an advantage for your Vols do you think it is that you say noon, it's 11 a.m. local time <laughs> that this game's kicking off? I mean, I mean, Tennessee caught the biggest break in the world with this one. Uh, without a doubt, Mike, it's energy, and people don't think it's real. Go to the freaking game. Uh, yeah. I've never been to Death Valley, but I have been to a lot of SEC stadiums at night. It's different. It's it's night and day. You ever watch some of these twelve o'clock games, and you know you got your offense. It's just kind of hits one of those lulls, one of those dry spells, and it's just you can hear everything. You can hear a pin drop on that field, and and it's just the fans aren't as loud. They're just the 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 players aren't as into it. Sometimes these games kind of drag along. Not all of them. We've had some really good twelve o'clock games, but. You never get that at night at Death Valley. There is no – there is no – I can hear everything in the stadium. Mm -hmm. It is a constant noise. The decibels are elevated just because of the night. Uh, it's, it's, it's energy. It's fuel. So, if I were LSU, I'd be raising hail that, that this thing wasn't flexed to a nighttime game because it's two top 25 teams, Mike. It should not be played. There should be – you know, CBS has that, that – clause where yeah. they could put two two games in i would have been raising now that this should be included because how many more times are we going to get to see lsu play at at seven o'clock or three thirty on a cbs so this right. that's that i would have been calling in some favors for this week but we're here and i think it's great for the vols and it sucks for lsu and i'll tell you last thing on this shane my dad and i we were wearing tennessee gear down there and it was old miss like i said lsu they, there uh -huh. were some confused fans down there with two ten <laughs> they just thought that we were the world's two biggest idiots you know this ain't, we're at the wrong stadium <laughs> <laughs> 
Josh, as you know, LSU's had a couple of comebacks, 13 points, 17 points on yeah. Saturday. When a team is able to do that, what, what does that do for a team, knowing obviously the dynamic in each room is a little bit different? Well, just for us, you got to understand that uh, if you're on the, up on the scoreboard, it doesn't matter. We talk a lot about playing at 0-0 for 60 minutes. Uh, the way they play and compete, no matter what the scoreboard looks like, uh, you have to be prepared for their best for 60 minutes. Um, you know, they are a resilient team. Um, you know, they've done a really good job of creating turnovers, um, making special teams plays, uh, creating short fields and, and flipping, uh, flipping the way the game's played here. Uh, you can see that from week one all the way through this past week. Uh, LSU defensively, what, what challenges do they present, starting with the front four and B. Joe Gillari and then the back end with all those transfers? Yeah, uh, the front four, uh, they're big, physical, long, athletic. Um, they have the ability to apply pressure to the quarterback and, and break the pocket down. Uh, you want to stay out of long yardage situations against them. On the back end, uh, they have a bunch of new bodies to their roster with a bunch of transfers. Those guys have played a lot of football. I think they continue to get more in sync. Uh, and more comfortable in their scheme. And, and uh, for us, you know, we got to have balance in, in what we're doing. So, you know, run game on early downs will be critical. Uh, playing from ahead of the chains is going to be critical in this game. Josh, with it being 11 a.m. local kickoff time, do, do you enjoy that? Are you, <coughs> are you glad that you'll kind of be able to get to business and, instead of sitting around all day? Yeah, if you ask coaches everywhere, they say, give me the earliest kickoff possible. Um, you know, for, for us, um, it's going to be a great environment. I'm sure it'll be a packed house, and, and uh, you know this is a tough place to play. Um, but uh, you know it's so much about us and our preparation. Make sure that we handle things the right way. We got to take care of the football. You can't have penalties. Um, you can't do things that hurt yourself in this football game. It's a really good team. The podcast is brought to you by Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone also included plus games in 4K at no extra charge. If you want to be like me and get rid of cable, Fubo TV could be your solution. Over hundreds of channels of live sports and entertainment for only a fraction of the cost of cable. Watch on all your devices with a cloud-based DVR, up to a 1,000 hours of cloud-based DVR included in this. There's no contract, no commitment, you can cancel at any time, and right now, Fubo TV is giving you free Fubo for seven days and get a 15% off your first month if you go to FuboTV.com slash SEC. That's F-U-B-O-T-V dot com slash SEC. You can try it for free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Now, here's what, Shay, we've been hyping up ever since media days here, South Carolina at Kentucky. And, mm-hmm. hey, I mean, if, if you're at the Gamecock, Shane, you could not have asked for a better situation. You know, obviously devastating hurricane, not making light of that, but that kicked your game to Thursday. That means mm-hmm. you got extra time to prepare for Kentucky. Kentucky's coming off a tough, tough road loss, their first loss of the season. You just can never tell how these college players are going to react to losing their first ball game. It's a night game. It's a sellout, to my knowledge, up there. Kroger Field, it's going to be a great environment. I'm not downplaying that at all. But, man, this is a, a matchup. And Kentucky fans, you know, they get – 
pissed off that anyone even suggests that South Carolina can win this game because and and yeah. rightfully so they own the Gamecocks seven of the last eight. But this is a game, Shane, where South Carolina they've not lived up to the hype to this point. This is like a season saver if they can go on the road and pull off this massive upset. And, and we haven't even mentioned. The damn sunglass, stupid sunglasses, comment, all that back and forth. These two staffs hate each other. I cannot yep. wait for this. This is going to be a great game, I think. Oh yeah, it's at night time too, brother. And and I yep. think one of the one of the the crazy things about this game or this matchup is is that off field banter. It's a big deal, brother. It, it is a big. These are player coaches. And when the players feed off the coach's energy, which they do if they're that close, then this becomes personal to them. So uh, here's a Kentucky team that got hurt. They got embarrassed. They got punched in front of their girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> These guys are pissed. They're not mad. They are freaking pissed off right now. So, you know, a lot of times you think of this as kind of a trap game. I don't think that's what I'm – that's not the vibe I'm picking up. I'm picking up from Kentucky that they let one slip away and they're totally embarrassed. Right. And uh, that's that's dangerous sometimes because they really want to – they really want to make a statement the week after. South Carolina, again, it's important for them. They had more time to prepare for this thing. They still got a few – they got things they got to work out, but what South Carolina is good at, Kentucky's good at stopping, and that's that's my only fear in this game is 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 that the matchup couldn't be better for for the Wildcats. But you know the the script is out. What worked against old or didn't work against Ole Miss? Maybe that's something that they can put into their their playbook and make work. But right. this, I don't know. I just. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just – I fall too many Kentucky fans and, and <laughs> I'm starting to feed off their negative vibes. But, it, like I said, they hate South Carolina. I never knew this until, you know, this season started that there was kind of that hatred. Mm -hmm. But it just got magnified, and I guarantee it's being brought up in that locker room day in, day out. Right. And I'll say this, Shane, if Kentucky can't run against South Carolina, which is currently one of the – uh, weakest run defenses in the SEC. Man, they have really, really got issues. We got Chris Rodriguez back. He looked like an animal against Ole Miss breaking tackles. And I mean, my, he's the only one I've ever seen. Shane gets hit and he and he gets like five. <sighs> he falls for five yards. I don't, I don't know how in the hell he does it, but he does it damn near every carry he gets. Um, and and I it is important. This is a huge game for South Carolina, but it's equally, if not more important, for Kentucky, Shane, because they got to prove yep. that hey, that we could have won Ole Miss, came down to the wire, we made a, a mistake here or there, but mm -hmm. if we clean up a couple things, we beat ourselves. That's what they should be telling themselves. We we beat ourselves that week. Let's right. not let that happen again. Let's run the table. And you may mock that, Shane, but here. We just saw Georgia struggle on the road at Missouri. So if I'm Kentucky, probably on their flight back, they're saying, my God, Georgia about got beat by Missouri. We can beat these guys. We get them at home. You know, that's got to give them a little bit of lift as well. Um, mm -hmm. But you just got to hope that Will Levis, his finger is not damaged or anything. Mark Stoops, let's kick it over to him. Shay. It doesn't require surgery, but, I mean, this is one of the best lines Mark Stoops has ever had right here. You, you talked about the belief earlier in this team, uh, but I don't know if you kind of go through your time at Kentucky, there's the losses can kind of, one can turn into two. So how, how do you keep the belief high? Do you gloss yeah. over 
mistakes? Do you pay for with it? How do you keep them? No, I, I mean, we'll, we'll just, it's a, it, it'll be very business-like today. I mean, they, these guys are mature and can handle it. We'll coach them. We'll show them, you know, the good, the bad, in the areas where we fell short. I think um, I'm really not, I mean, I will coach against it and guard against it and talk about it, but, you know, one of the first things I said in the locker room was one can't become two. You know, you know, just everybody's heated and emotional in a big game like that, and our guys uh, know. Um, the belief is there. I think the intensity needs to come back. As you get into game six, you know, we, we – six, right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, you get into game six without a break, and then, you know, we, we, we're getting banged up. You know, and uh, we have to uh, make sure I find the right balance of continuing to play with that edge, play with the intensity, and continue to try to improve on being physical. I think we are improving. And uh, – but also um, have enough juice in the tank, you know, as you get as you get down, you know, into this into the middle of this section before we get a break, you know, get a little by to try to get some guys healed up. Do you have an update on Jacquez? And uh, I know Will finished the game, but how is the finger? Pardon me. How, I know Will finished the game, but how is the finger? Um, it's fine. I mean, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, how do you? How would your finger be if it was sideways and you put it back in? And you know what I mean. But it's doesn't need surgery. Let's put it that way. So that's a good, great thing. Yeah. Mark, with the offensive line, I think some people expected the summer you'd boost that at the portal like you did the secondary. Is that just a position where it's harder to find impact transfers? Or well, I think you know we were you know obviously exploring options. You know, and uh, you know I think with. You know some of the things we've gone through without going through you know what we went through with John you know was was tough and then we had turnover you know that doesn't exactly put you in the best position and but that's that's no excuse we we got guys that are plenty capable you know there's things that we could do better and coach better and play better and and there's some things that they're really improving on doing some really good things it's a shame Flaxy went down later because I thought he was physical as heck and starting to really move people and play hard and you know so um, you know I think that was coming together you know better you know sorry John. yeah I think you know we we you know you look at it and you give up you know three sacks against a team again that was bringing it from all over and you know it's it, it, it just comes down to as I tell the team I've told you you know there's there's one or two plays that can change the outcome of a game but it's not always the most obvious ones it's not just the ones that everybody you know can remember there's there's things that happen in that game that you know like uh, we have a screen that we have a pressure we dump it, it we have a hat on a hat I mean I'm not saying it's a definite touchdown but there's a really good chance that's going to be a touchdown and it's not. Instead, I believe we get zero, you know. So those are the things, you know, you just can't do. And a really good two top 10, top 15 teams playing on the road in the SEC. I mean, you know, I know it's a broken record, but it's true. It's just the execution of things like that. And that's that's routine. You know, when you have a routine play, dialed up, set, and do it, and, you, you know, you got to make the routine look routine. And, uh, you know, so – you know, it's just things of, of that nature that, that uh, you know, we just fell short. Does it feel okay? <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, the other side, Shane, I mean, like I said, hey, the Gamecocks, they're, they're feeling good. Back-to-back blowouts. Now, hell, you, mm-hmm. you didn't play anybody with a pulse, but 
maybe <laughs> you know they come into the season we were as guilty as anybody Shane hyping this team up that was probably the most hyped team at media days on what yeah. is to come for the Gamecocks did not live up to that massive hype but they put that behind them it has not led to a slide you know sometimes these teams Shane they come out they don't live up to the hype and then they're just garbage and they can yeah. never get over the hump this is South Carolina's opportunity to right the ship because no one cares what you do against South Carolina State and Charlotte and all that. You're mm -hmm. supposed to kill those teams. So, yeah. you know, you killed them, good, good for you. Here's a cookie. But this is what you got to do. You got to get over Kentucky. Otherwise, this is just the same old, same old South Carolina where, oh, maybe they could be the fourth best team in the East. You know, like <laughs> you're you're at the bottom till you can right. overcome Kentucky because you've got also Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, all that in front of them. Um, but – you know, I'll tell you, Shane, Shane Beamer seems pretty seems pretty loose, feeling pretty good. And if they can get Spencer Rattler to play it a little bit better, I mean, this is mm -hmm. a dangerous, dangerous team, don't you think? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, you cannot – like we watched Missouri and Georgia go toe-to-toe -to -toe last week. I mean, yeah. how can you – you can't sleep on any team right now, especially South Carolina. You know, things haven't been going great. You know, obviously we're beating – Cupcake teams, that's what we're expecting. But we're also expecting you to win games like Kentucky. We're yeah. also expecting you to win games like Missouri. Mm -hmm. You know, these games are coming up. There's going to be some games that if you play great, you can win. And and I think that's where South Carolina wasn't. But I think that's where they are now is that this is a this is a program that if you don't if you come in there expecting to win or you you don't practice near as hard you're going to you're going to walk away you know with a loss and wondering where did we screw up here that's the gamecocks have got some weapons brother they have got plenty of talent i really think this this lloyd's really starting to take off sec starting to notice just how great he is mm -hmm. if they could keep that going and, and get some spencer some confidence and and maybe a little bit of chemistry with these receivers. Uh, who knows? Anything can happen in the SEC, you know. But again, on the other side, brother, you got you got the Kentucky Wildcats. And if I'm Coach Stoops, I'm I'm saying, man, the we could still go to the SEC championship. I know that sounds crazy, yeah. but we're still a top fifteen team. Mm -hmm. We we lost to Ole Miss. We blew that one. But if we went out, and we beat the Georgia Bulldogs. We beat Tennessee Vols. We beat South Carolina this week. We can easily go to Atlanta and redeem ourselves. So you're not out anything. This game is sold out. It's a night game. It's a two score favorite. It's it's going to be electric. So be sure to tune into this one because I think we got ourselves a little dogfight here. Well, and let's kick it over to, to Beamer Shane, who, who again, I, I, he seems pretty loose going to him. I mean, he's he's making fun of Nick Saban. He's telling recruiting <laughs> stories. I mean, this this is a good old time right here. Hey, Shane, uh, the fans seem to have this one circled for a while now, whether it's, you know, the comments from Mark Stoops in the offseason or, you know, losing seven out of the last eight to Kentucky. Do you, do you guys feel that, too, that this one seems to be a little bit more important? Um, You know, <laughs> It's they're all important. That's not coach speak. I mean, it's anytime you get back in the SEC, it's uh, it's critical as well. Um, and we've got great respect for their program. And, and this is a game that was a big game when I was here before. I mean, I remember I think I talked about it a couple last week was the Kentucky coming in here nationally ranked on a Thursday night and us winning. 
And then all you guys that were here remember, I mean, we beat Alabama. They were number one in the country. And then I'm still having visions of Randall Cobb on, on fourth down or whatever it was uh, on a game-winning touchdown pass. So, I mean, this game's always been competitive. And, and I think it's two programs that have a lot of respect, you know, for each other. And it's certainly a critical game for us. It's the next one on the schedule. And, and uh, you know, we had a heck of a game with them last year and couldn't quite uh, finish and, and get over the hump and, and win that game. And uh, I know our guys are excited for the challenge this week. Shane. I know you told us that before the Charlotte game, you told the guys to go out and um, just have fun. Mm -hmm. Okay, now you've had two blowout wins. Um, so I guess I want to know, are the guys a little more relaxed now? Are they having more fun? Not that they weren't having right. fun before, but just being able to enjoy themselves a little more, especially during games. Yeah, um, I think so. I hope so. I felt like um, – you know, those first three games, not that there was pressure on us, but it was almost like feeling like you had to make every play and, and not being able to just go relax and, and have fun. And we want to work really, really hard during the week and prepare really, really well during the week so that we can go out on Saturdays and just turn it loose and, and have fun and not worry about making mistakes. And I think our guys have done that the last couple of weeks. And, and this week will be no different. Uh, you prepare really, really hard, but Saturday night, uh, SEC, uh, SEC Saturday night game, uh, under the lights, on the road, national television. I mean, what more could you want? I mean, that's, uh, that should be exciting and should be fun. And want our guys to have fun uh, playing with each other and, and playing with passion and celebrating with each other as well. And now you got to go play well in order to do that. But, but I think so, Rick. I mean, I think they've uh, – um, they they know that we have a good football team and we haven't played our best and we're still striving to to play our best on all three phases. But and next Saturday night's the next opportunity and I think our guys are excited to go to go do that. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> talking about Kentucky a little bit. They've got three wide receivers that they throw to quite yeah. a lot, um, a lot of speed on the outside. How are you guys going about um, defending it? And I guess what are you telling your safeties and DBs this week? Yeah, you want me to be like Coach Saban yesterday when he got asked that question about what he was going to do with the quarterback and he's like, "What do you want to do? Give you the plan?" Um, Similar. No, we've got. We were looking at him, and then Dane Key. We tried to recruit here last year, and and um, <laughs> felt like we had a good opportunity till I got word that when Florida beat Kentucky, or when Kentucky beat Florida last year, that Dane's mom was at the game and leaped over the wall and like broke her foot or something, storming the field after Kentucky beat Florida. So I felt like we had a pretty good chance. But note to self, like when the recruit's mom injures a foot storming the field, you're probably not going to get that guy um, at your school. That's the story I was told. So if that's not true, I'm sorry, Miss Key. Uh, but that's what I heard. But he's a great young man. And, and those three guys. So you get a good sense of that he's loose for what that's worth. If, if his mm -hmm. team is, is this loose, Shay, this is why I think South Carolina has – I'm not saying they're going to win the game, but I'm saying I like the chance – I like the odds of them playing better than we've seen them against the likes of Georgia and Arkansas, if that makes sense. No, I, I I do too, and and this like I don't know how many times we gotta say it. it, it the fun, the crazy thing is when when they do shine, it usually is against a team that nobody's watching, right? And and then when we watch them against Georgia, we're like, God, Luke, South Carolina sucks, or <laughs> it's like you're not giving. They have got some playmakers. They just have not had opportunities to exploit that against you know better teams, and but. Just as soon as you count a program like that out, 
they they come like I said they come out and they punch you in the mouth. So I, I think you cannot sleep on the Gamecocks. They've had plenty of time to to think about this game, talk about this game, game plan. This is a big game for South Carolina. This is a game that that Beamer probably isn't supposed to win, but he knows if he does, it's going to get him a lot of good good graces back home. So this is a very very important game for them as well. So mm-hmm. that's why I just think it's going to be a dogfight because South Carolina has nothing to lose. Kentucky, Kentucky's the one that has any things to lose. You know what I'm saying? Right. Gamecocks are just out there to have fun and try to try to win some games and upset some teams, man. Now, final game we're going to break down here, Shane. My favorite West team versus your favorite West team, <laughs> Arkansas, on the road at Mississippi State. This could be one heck of a game, Shane. It seems like these two always go down to the wire. Mike Leach, Sam Pittman, you know, two of the best coaches in the league. Sam Pittman's 2-0 and against Mike Leach. Still don't know. K.J. Jefferson, you know, he may have had a concussion. They're kind of keeping it quiet. Don't know if he's going to be able to play in this ball game, which would certainly change things. But, hey, they've got uh, Malik Hornsby there that I, I think they feel pretty good about. They got the kid uh, uh, Renfro that they played against Alabama. So we don't even know who it would be if K.J. Jefferson can't go. But, on the other side, Shane, Mississippi State, my God, they lived mm-hmm. up to the hype. They, well, We were praising them before all offseason. This is a dangerous, dangerous team. And now that you've righted the ship, you play like you did last week. I, I'm not saying they're going to win out or anything because they do got Alabama left. They do got Georgia. But, man, I think, you know, the sky's the limit for this Mississippi State team if they play like they did last week, don't you think? I tell you what, nobody's playing better ball right now than Mississippi State, and that's what makes them dangerous, man. I mean, yeah. you look, you look at, you were asking quarterbacks earlier, Will Rogers. I don't, don't think he wasn't floating around, or Stetson right. Bennett. The, you know, those guys kind of lingering out there, and you got you, you don't realize how great a quarterback they are until you're facing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we're five games in, and he's he's averaging almost 300 yards a game. He's got 19, I think, 19 touchdowns. This 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 is a dangerous and then you watch the receivers that's what i love about mississippi state they're all different there are every single receivers that they they all got their own little thing and you got some big body skinny guys you got some fast little guys it's like don't even learn all their names doesn't matter because will rogers will find them if they're open so mississippi state is 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 extremely dangerous and the fact that the pirate is exploring running now oh my god man watch out and if this defense can keep playing like they're doing i don't want to play them i tell you what i'm glad we don't have them this year at tennessee fans so but mississippi state's a dangerous program yeah, I'm glad you hit on Zach Arnett's defense, Shane, because I, w- I wanted to ask you about that real quick because, man, against Texas A&M, I felt bad for Max Johnson. Just, I mean, mm-hmm. he was getting walloped left and right. I mean, it was not even a surprise that he got injured. Uh, you know, how often he was getting hit and getting left out the dry. And, I mean, if not for mm-hmm. Devon Archain, you know, they would have got completely swarmed on that side of the ball because yeah. Mississippi State tenacious going after it. If it is K.J. Jefferson, he's got to be on the lookout because this is a swarming defense. Now, that potentially is Arkansas's uh, silver lining here. We all know how great they are at running the football. I think that's what you got to do. That's that's the best way to attack yeah. Mississippi State, limit their possessions, limit Will Rogers' passing uh, attempts, so to speak. So, you know, in that sense, I like this matchup for Arkansas where I don't like it, of course, 
their passing defense has been dreadful this year. And my, mm-hmm. my goodness, we know that's Mississippi State specialty. So you got to hope if you're Arkansas that you can get after Will Rogers. The tackles are – I don't want to call them a liability because they held up against A&M last week, but mm-hmm. that is where Arkansas is going to have the advantage on the defensive side of the ball, trying to get to Will Rogers. If they can force some fumbles or maybe some errant throws, that may be their best opportunity to win this football game. What do you think about that? Yeah, I do want to ask you, though, is there – you know, because you asked me about the, the hangover effect of Tennessee and Florida. Uh-huh. Is, is there a hangover effect here with Arkansas? Because I don't get me wrong, I think Arkansas is still a great program. I still think they should be a top 25 team. Yeah. You know, uh, they're, assuming KJ is healthy, if, if KJ's out here, I mean, are you worried at all? Uh, because I'm afraid that we're, we're about to hit a spiral. I've seen it before. We've seen it with a lot of programs that had high expectations. Yeah, they they've they've lost two heartbreakers here back to back. Is there? There's no give up in this team, is there? I mean, I don't think so, Shane. But you're right. I mean, this has happened before. Now, to Arkansas's credit, it was last year they lost to Georgia. It was humiliating, kind of like mm-hmm. Alabama last week. They lost to Ole Miss which was a heartbreaker, kind of like A&M. So, I mean, this has happened before, and I believe they dropped the next one to, Ar- to Auburn. And then yeah. I, don't, I don't think they lost another game the rest of the way. So, I think they have it in them to rebound from this, but it is a, a real, real worry, no doubt, because the defense, all of a sudden, you know, you lost guys here. Uh, you, you've had the transfers, of course. The, the secondary just does not even resemble what it has in recent seasons. I think even K.J. Jefferson – I don't know if he's hurt or what, but he, the last two games, he's not really played as right. well as we anticipate. He has, he has got to play uh, better than what he has, and that's even if he suits up because we know what we're getting from Will Rogers. He is, like you say, he's going to throw for 300 yards. He's going to throw for probably minimum three touchdowns against his defense. Mm-hmm. So KJ has got to answer that, and that may not even be enough to get the win. That that'll that's what you're going to need to be competitive in this ball game. So, yeah, I am certainly worried about Arkansas going into this matchup. I'm not a, totally worried about them caving or anything, but I, right. it's just this is the toughest, toughest stretch of their season, and they have got to answer the bell. Otherwise, Mississippi State, they'll embarrass you. Coach, after the win, uh, you entered the both major polls at number 23. Uh, what, what is your opinion of, of polls, and uh, is it just a good conversation piece, or is it something you take pride in? I pretty much ignore them. Just try to go to the next one. Been busy, you know, watching film all night, so and that'll happen again tonight. So I'm kind of preoccupied with that. There's no real, you know, stopping point on uh, the poll thing. So. Um, you know, just uh, try to worry about what's right now and what you can control. And that's, uh, well, today it's put together the best game plan you can. Tomorrow it's uh, have the best practice you can. And so it goes, you know. Uh, Arkansas defensive coordinator Barry Odom, someone you've faced plenty of times in your career. What have you kind of seen from Arkansas's defense this season? Is that kind of similar to what you've seen from Odom's defenses in the past? Yeah, I think it's similar. You know, he's got his uh, package that he's worked for years to, you know, refine and put together. And there's, you know, there's some changes here or there, I think, to accommodate the players he's got. And then, uh, 
Uh, but, you know, I don't think he's going to reinvent something new because he spent, uh, you know, well over a decade developing this one. So, Got an early kickoff this week. Uh, what would be your top five items to take to an early morning kickoff tailgate? Hmm. Well, some will bring Bloody Marys, I imagine. Um, let's see, top five to, to early morning, huh? Um, uh, probably a, a, a comfortable chair or lawn chair uh, to get a little sleep in before kickoff. Um, uh, you would definitely want, uh, you know, something good to eat, energize you, but that's quick and easy. Um, five, huh? Uh, shoot, I don't know. Um, yeah, well, you definitely want that. Definitely want that. Um, you know, definitely some level of stimulant. You need your sunglasses for sure. Um, and then, uh, uh, well, and now probably if, if you're really having a good time, you're going to have a long after the tailgate uh, thing too, so you're definitely going to want a good uh, TV set up to, or somebody have one, or one of those screens out there on the lawn to watch the other games because you're going to be done before most of them. Their personnel. What do you think of what Mississippi State was able to do to them? Beat, beat, beat them. Pretty, I know they forced four turnovers and beat well, them pretty decisively. That, that would be a big, a big deal in the game. You know, I mean. A&M goes down to the five-yard line and fumbles. And they kick a field goal, and it goes back for a touchdown. And, and uh, you know, and then their starting quarterback got hurt. And there's a lot of things that happen. A lot of those – all of those things happen because Mississippi State made them happen, you know. I get that. But, um, you know, it was a tight game there. And, and uh, basically on the, on the field goal that was blocked back for a touchdown kind of put the game out of hand. But – they play so hard. They're, they're this is a good, really good football team. Really good football team, and uh, they play so hard. And and uh, obviously they can score points, um, but they're going to cause you problems on offense if you're not ready for all this movement and all the blitzing that they do and all this total blitz that they do. Uh, and they have players that can do it. Uh, you got really good football players, guys that have played. I love their linebacker group. I think they're really good. It starts with Johnson, but. Uh, Watson and Wheat, they're all really good players, and and uh, they use them well, and and they're really good at special teams. I mean, they they have made a difference in in a lot of games just on special teams alone. So they're playing playing. They're hot right now. You mentioned that Fortin's been your number two quarterback for a few weeks now. What is Malik's role going forward, and does he maybe do more receiver or? How does that change? Well, for him? he's a quarterback. I mean, he's 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 a quarterback as well. You know, um, certainly the plan for him to play wide receiver has not been um, even what I thought it would be. Um, uh, but the plan is for him to play quarterback. Coach, torture everybody's ears this week in practice with cowbells piped in, all that stuff. Well, that's probably the plan. Um, you know, we're only going to do it in team settings today. We're going to cut them some slack during seven-on-seven. Seven, but team settings, we certainly will. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Here's another one. Going into the season, we're like, well, maybe 
maybe this is the year they beat Alabama. And now we're like, how did they upset Mississippi State? <laughs> we're five weeks in. <laughs> but that's why, that's why we love it. That's exactly. why the SEC football is so awesome, man. And it's still, we got in five more weeks, we may look back and say, well, what were we thinking? <laughs> exactly. I mean, and just last week, Shane, we were laughing off Missouri. We were yeah. laughing Auburn. They, of course, they both lost. But, hell, I mean, they had leads in the game. They nearly mm-hmm. won it as big-time underdogs, and I, I swear, we, we won't be able to predict it, but it'll happen again this weekend, Shane, <laughs> with some of these games. But, you know, I saved some of the other games, Shane, for the next episode because there's just too much SEC action to put yeah. it all into one show. Uh, but you got anything else before we hop off the line, brother? No, man, this is, again, it's going to be a fantastic weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I just uh, – trying to think how many sick days i got left you know i think i'm about to go ahead and call it in but i'm afraid he's listening my boss you know <laughs> oh man there better not be any wags if i see one of these sec koozies at a wedding oh i, I just i send it back send it back just send it back we'll pay for it so but no i'm i'm pumped up ready to rock and roll brother and i look forward to it we're gonna have some more content for you tomorrow guys if you've got the 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 iphones and you know the reviews really help us out five-star reviews we'd love to send you a beer koozie we we see them every weekend it's so nice seeing them at the games yep it's nice seeing them at at, in front of the tv you know some of them call them good luck charms you know say what you want maybe it's maybe it's gonna win you a natty so so, but uh, but get that review in. Mike will do all the legwork from there, and then uh, I I just love seeing them on our, on the twitters there. Yeah, that's classic Shane. Throw it out there. Leave me to do all the work. But hey, I'm happy to do it. That's just our way of saying thanks to each and every one yeah. for supporting the show and giving us that five star rating and review. But that's gonna do it, Shane, for this episode. We'll catch you on the next one. All right, see you guys. Go Vols. <laughs>